0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Young Life Podcast. Ben, super smiley down there. So glad to have our cast with us. I uh, want you guys take a quick minute and introduce yourself. Go for it.
1: Who goes first? I'll go first. My name is Elliot. I host the Open conference Podcast every Tuesday. Uh, it comes out at 10 a.m. I'm also a French study
0: student at York University. Podcast mogul. Is- Get it while well, it's hot. That's
1: right.
2: My name is Aiden. I'm a Bible College student with Vanguard College and I host the TYL small group with Ben on Monday nights.
3: Represent Benny. Uh, and I'm Ben. I host the small group with Aiden. Um, hi.
0: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what's with... Like, Aiden had a weird introduction the other day, too. Look, guys, with I don't, y'all. we need to have a competition because I have an amazing blooper of Ben that he <laughs> definitely would not want released. And... Uh, I'm just itching to put it out there. So we'll find yeah, some sort a of, a of comments competition. You yeah, if you want that. <laughs> Maybe if we can get like 200 views or 300 views on our podcast. We'll drop it. We got to come up with some sort of competition. <laughs> anyway, we're so glad you're here with an episode of the Young Life Podcast. We're everywhere that you want to be. We're on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. Again, always privileged that you join us. Online. So, a little bit awkward. Like, here's the thing. Last week, we made a big deal about how we were going to be in person on March 8th. And then, of course, as soon as you finish recording it, everything has to change. So... Obviously, we're back online, and we will be back online until further notice. Uh, But while we're online, again, I want to remind you of two ways you can connect. Of course, you can join us the Young Life podcast like you're doing right now. But we also have two small groups running. We have the Young Life small group with Ben and Aiden on Sunday nights at 7.30. And Jody Speck is starting a women's Bible study going through the Book of Acts. That's going to be Thursday nights at 7. And so you can DM us directly. You'll have information on our social and ways you can connect there. Uh, but make sure you're staying connected. If you're feeling disconnected, you know, jump in. There's lots of places to get to meet people. Our small groups are a great place to talk face-to-face. well, Zoom to Zoom. But actually get some interaction in there. It'd be awesome. Well, tonight, uh, heading into lockdown and the struggles and the frustration all that brings, I want to talk about... Uh, overcoming evil, frustration, anger, challenging situations and people with good. And that's what we're talking about tonight. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about wanting to be people that let lighten the load. And I feel like as these lockdowns become uh, more normal and uh, more maybe of a regular occurrence, for better, for worse, however people feel about that, I'm not saying either way. I'm just saying as they become more regular, uh, man, I think a more intentional response uh, for us is needed to make sure that we are maintaining uh, the character of life that Christ calls for us and you know there's lots of businesses in town struggling you know the the murmuring online has you can't miss it regardless how you feel about it, it it's people are struggling they're upset uh, and so we want to put out a challenge uh, for our young life crew on Monday nights we want to challenge you to eat local on Monday nights so as you meet for the young life podcast uh, you're What's your favorite spot in town, a local spot? You know, you can pick Kelsey's. I would encourage you to maybe pick a smaller business if you want uh, to try some new food. Uh, We're going to ask you to buy it. uh, Sit down. It's one thing to complain about small businesses being attacked online. It's another thing to kind of take responsibility and be like, you know, I'm going to buy something from every Monday night. A different one. Uh, You take a picture post it young life will repost it. And at least, you know, you're supporting them with your finances and we can kind of put the word out there. that They make awesome food and hopefully other people support them as well. And so that's our question for our cast tonight, man. Uh, next week, people are going to be looking for something to eat, something to do a way to support a local business. Uh, what is your go-to place? A place in Barrie that is like your go-to. You love it.
1: Donnelly's Donnelly's for me. Big ups. You get Donnelly's Mac and cheese. You get your poutine with your Bailey sauce if you want, up Ooh. to you. That's Ooh. good. Okay. Best place to go get stuff, and it's local, so it's good. The deep uh,
2: fried pickles are nuts.
1: Yeah, so I've tried those.
0: Irish nachos. You guys ever had Irish nachos? Yeah. Those that's like that, so that's good. a one
1: dish. You only that's you don't order anything else. That's so that's your meal.
0: <laughs> yeah, for like a week, it's so <laughs> bad for you. You have to like you're walking home from Donnelly's after that. Yeah. One. Someone else jump in. Like, what's what's another favorite spot?
2: I'm a big breakfast guy. I love, um, the Dunlop diner. It's a, uh, it's quality breakfast Their eggs, Benny. They've got like seven different kinds of eggs, Benedict and, uh, yeah, they, they really do it up skillets all, all, all breakfast, uh, lovers. I would definitely recommend Dunlop diner. Wait, yeah, there's seven,
1: there's seven different kinds of eggs, Benedict.
2: Oh man, they just what? they they load up on these crazy toppings. It's like it's it's a food lover's heaven. I'm telling you. Right.
0: I'd never even heard of it, and Aiden took me there. And yeah. this is a weird thing to think is the best. Oh, but cute. they have amazing hash browns. Ben, would you like to be <laughs> invited next time? Ben wants to go. Went <laughs> <Aiden laughs> for breakfast. Okay, we'll Aww.
1: go. We'll go. Ben, I'll take Come you. On. I'll take you, Ben. <laughs> i don't want to go with you elliot all right yo chill <laughs> i'm trying to be nice
0: uh they have amazing hash browns check them out uh we got donnelly's we have dunlop diner ben where would you like us to take you for lunch
3: that's a really weird way to ask that <laughs> circle, k. <laughs> no, circle... <I'm> <laughs> circle k what's one of your bro. what's
0: one of your favorite spots in berry
3: uh the green mango tree it's oh, got like yeah. really good thai food where is it's that really good uh, it's, uh, on Mapleview by Mapleview and, um,
0: like by the uh, home, B- D- like by the home View Depot.
3: Drive,
2: right? Berry drive. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It's, uh, across from like where the McDonald's is mm. and like where that lazy boy, I guess it used to be chapters in that plaza over there. It's yeah, really Thai good.
0: It's good. Uh, oh, yeah. one I did take out from the other day was big foe. Big foe was really good. Big Love. Great. Pho Fo. It's fun. Pho. Pho. It's fun. pho. pho. It's pho. pho. pho foe i'm gonna keep calling faux. it faux. it's faux. it's amazing you gotta check that place out uh also if you're a coffee lover uh best in my opinion that i've tried so far best coffee in barry is at common good cafe that would be worth ordering in it's uh, propeller espresso it's amazing that like if you're going coffee. for like good coffee skip starbucks go to common good it's unreal. Check it out. You know, just a few of our favorite spots. Also, uh, before I got my haircut, I used to go to History Barbershop, but I feel like I can't really give a whole lot of suggestions about that anymore. Uh, but they're doing some cool stuff over there for some local businesses trying to support all the stuff that's going on. And so uh, in the next week, be conscious. What's some way you can support a local business next Monday don't you order in for someone local, whether it's Donnelly's, Dunlop Diner may not be open, but mango tree, big pho, Fa, whatever it's called. And uh, just go check it out. Maybe stop by for a coffee at common good. We want to make sure we're being proactive. You know, if we want, if we care about something and something's important to us, we want to show love and care in our community. Let's not just be angry about it. Let's do something about it. And so I think we can put our money where our mouth is and go, Hey, I'm going to support local businesses. If that's something that's important to me, which I think it should be, you know, uh, I'm sympathetic lately that and these people's livelihoods and, uh, trying to put myself in the perspective of the other one thing I never really realized. I was just talking to someone whose mom owns a restaurant, like just the cost of ordering alcohol alone and the shelf life that that has is enough to tank a business, which, which is terrible. And so if we can, maybe don't buy them out of alcohol, but if you can (laughs) support a local business, uh, and order food in for next Monday night and, uh, at the very least maybe buy a gift card for next time that they're open go check it out It'd be amazing and you know that's kind of what we're talking about tonight we want to talk about uh how to really show love in our community and how to overcome evil and frustration and challenges with love and good and you know we sit down with jason weaning uh he's one of our pastors on staff at mapleview and he was talking he's kind of introduced me to this idea of non-resistance have you guys ever heard of non-resistance no i hadn't either no and, and it uh, it's different than being like a pacifist. Like a pacifist would be like, uh, there's only peace when there's no more war. And non-resistance is the idea that because of our faith, we can have peace and demonstrate peace and fight for peace in the middle of really challenging circumstances. And uh, that idea and that notion has only grown louder in my head, my heart and mind, uh, especially with uh, all the stuff that's happening and the response that people are having to this latest Uh, lockdown measures. And so we're talking about that. Uh, We're going to jump into our Young Life download coming up right now. And then a really great conversation with Jason coming up. Can't wait for you to check it out right now. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about an eye for an eye. You know, uh, as you can see, we are not in person this week. Last week, I made a big deal at the end of the show about how we're gonna be in person on March 8th, and obviously, the plan has changed. Since our last podcast, Simcoe Muskoka has been moved back into the gray zone. Uh, And, you know, understandably, it's made a lot of people frustrated, angry, disappointed, uh, upset, all the emotions that come with that. And, you know, it's not just because of a slight inconvenience or disruption, but there are legitimate stakes uh, for people in their lives. You know, uh, I feel like I, I always want to do my best to be a lifelong learner and try to understand the perspectives of other people and you know there are people fearing for their livelihood there are people who are struggling in their relationships or maybe lack thereof relationships and families trying to find their way teaching from home students teachers all the things that come with that and you know i think it's important in situations and moments like these that we choose to try to put ourselves in the pers- position and the perspective of the other Uh, that we can try and understand and see the world through their eyes, so we can have compassion and empathy. You know, one of my uh, favorite things about Jesus that I like to try and take notice of is that Jesus very much, before he responds in his authority and the power that comes with being who he is and all he can do, Jesus chose to respond in empathy first. And you know, I think that's something we need to practice for our life. We'll be people who practice empathy before we practice our authority that God has given us. Us. And, you know, this world is full of injustice, pain, challenging situations, challenging people, and, you know, just evil. And how do we respond as believers? How are we to engage? What's our next step? We've encountered evil. We've encountered challenging people. We've encountered an injustice. Now what? What do we do? And you know, that's where this idea of an eye for an eye can kind of come as a justification sometimes. That's actually found in Exodus 21-24, and it says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, and a hand for a hand, and a foot for a foot. And, you know, it sounds a lot like a biblical justification to get even. When injustice or challenges come, and you're wronged, you can wrong to the same extent that they wronged. You, what I'll, you take mine, I'll take yours, uh, you hit me, I hit you, you tick me off online, I'm going to tick you off online, and so on and so on, an eye for an eye. And although, yes, it's an Old Testament principle of cause and effect, and uh, it's there, and we like to sometimes use it as a grounds for justification. Well, an eye for an eye, you know, he got what he was coming to him. Uh, it's not really a justification for our anger and wanting to clap back against things that we see as injustices or things that uh, are evil in this world. In fact, as as Jesus followers, our question should always be, is there a better way? You know, from the way I want to respond, my natural inclination. And sometimes there is, and maybe there isn't. But the question should always be, through the lens of Jesus in my faith, is there a better way? And so tonight, I want to challenge us to not just settle for a justified response, but that as followers of Jesus and people who want to respond in empathy before we respond in authority, is there a compassionate response? A compassionate response to evil and to brokenness and to frustration in our lives. You know, our grace is founded on the principle and the understanding that there is a grace for us that we did not earn or deserve, and yet it is freely given. And so, in the same spirit, would we choose to adopt the same uh, ideology that has been given to us to say, you know, I want to be someone who extends and displays grace that had not been earned or deserved. The compassionate, gracious response that God gives us every day, would we let that be an extension? You know, in Matthew 5, Jesus is teaching his most famous message, referred to as the Sermon of the Mount, and this is what verse 38 to 34, uh, 38 to 48 says. "'Have you heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury, an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth?' Again, he's quoting Exodus here. "'But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer them the other cheek also.' If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken away from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it for two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Verse 43, he says this, You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as a true child of your father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight on both the evil and the good, and he sends his rain on the just and the unjust. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're only kind to your friends, how are you any different from anybody else? Even the non-believers do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. You know, it's actually a very challenging passage. I don't want to skip over the significance and the high challenge and call and charge that's found in this passage of Scripture. But what Jesus is saying is, hey, don't allow us to settle for the justification, uh, reasoning in our human condition of wanting to get even. He goes, hey, when you encounter evil or injustice or challenging moments and challenging people, push yourself beyond the status quo. Push yourself beyond what is even reasonable to say, hey, well, we choose to have a compassionate response. And so the question now becomes, what does that mean for my life and yours? Is there ever a place where justice can be upheld as believers that we stand up for ourselves in spirit and truth and push back? You know, because this passage can paint things in a light where it's, you know, what let let be what's going to be and just let it wash over you and and trust God with it, and yet. I think although we can choose to have a compassionate response there's are still areas of our life where we stand up for truth and justice and we fight for what is right although that word fight might be a contention because as believers how we fight is different than how the world chooses to fight you know i think of uh, some very meaningful cultural moments in the last few years even the me too movement that has come to light and the liberation of women in in um uh, systems all over the world and organizations all over the world coming to light about uh, the injustice done to them, the silencing of victims, and and the position that people of authority have put others in. You know, I think we have a responsibility to stand up for that justice and to stand up for the goodness and the wholesomeness and, and the way that God designed them to be and to recognize people with the value that God has given them. That's not what I'm talking about here. We still stand up for those things. but the light that I want to put on this is that what God is saying is, hey, don't allow your fight for e- to overcome evil to conquer you by allowing anger and frustration and evil in our own hearts to take over. In fact, conquer evil with good. Don't succumb to it. An eye for an eye. You know, uh, Romans 12, 21 says, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. So show love whenever and uh, whenever and wherever you can. Don't conflate justice with revenge. Don't meet evil deeds with evil intentions. Instead, overcome evil with good. And you know, if you're anything like myself, this can be incredibly challenging because when we face injustice and things that break our heart, we sometimes wanna not only get even, but we wanna make sure that the message is really clear. And what it's saying here is, hey, don't allow yourself to succumb to your own sense of justice trust god's justice in this that we would overcome evil with good that we would lavish love on things that are broken and lavish patience and peace and kindness and graciousness over things that are broken so that we can then display the love and graciousness of god in our life to other areas of the world this is what romans 12 19 says dear friends never take revenge leave that to the righteous anger of god for the scriptures say I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, it says, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heat burning coals of shame over their heads. Man, you wanna dunk on people in this world that are challenging hard there's injustice shown show them such an overwhelming kindness that they can't help but take notice of the love and graciousness that is undeserved that we want to choose to show them and you know to be honest this is a very cha- personally challenging uh, passage and, and message to take to heart, that we would respond in a greater way, not just settling for the justified response, but desiring to see the compassionate response, the Christ-like response in my life. You know, in this passage, Matthew 5, Jesus used this picture talking about a Roman soldier asking you to carry their gear. You know, in the day and age of Jesus, it would be customary that soldiers were allowed to ask citizens to help them carry their gear for a mile. And every so- every citizen was responsible to do so if they were asked. You see an instance of this where Jesus is going to the cross and the Roman soldier asks a man to come and carry Jesus's cross for him. In the same light, Roman soldiers could ask you or ask me. Imagine if you were stopped today and a police officer said, Scott, can you stop and carry all my gear for me for a mile? My arms are getting tired and this is what jesus says he goes hey when you're inconvenienced when you are commanded when you are instructed whether you want to or not to do this you know why don't you take it two or three miles just to show them That there is a kindness and a goodness in your heart you know they're saying go the extra mile it's this principle of hey you know they might expect one but let's overcome that with two or three and you know there are seasons of life lately that feels like the world is surrounded with injustice and brokenness and it's incredibly challenging to our hearts when life takes an inch you know my challenge is we should give it a mile when you feel like people are taking a piece of you in in how they're speaking to you or how they're treating you and you know i'm not talking about here things that are systemic problems or putting yourself in a position of harm you know i think those are things that need to be addressed appropriately but i mean in our in our everyday uh relationships in our everyday interactions with people when people are taking an inch man give them back a mile overwhelm them with the love of God that is in us. Show them that we are more than just flesh and bone, but the Spirit of God is alive in us. And the challenge is, it means surrendering our idea of fairness and giving it to God. God, I don't need what I think is fair. God, I want what you think is fair. And I understand that my life is a result of a grace that is undeserved, One of the things we've said here before, Pastor Jay has this thing written in his office, and I don't know where he got it. Maybe he came up with it, but it says, my debt to God is payable to man. And, you know, I think a good principle in understanding that we can overcome evil with good and that we have the strength and ability to do that is to remind ourselves that you and I, as followers of Jesus, are recipients of a grace and a goodness we could never earn. We could never deserve there's nothing we could do to earn it and yet it is freely given so lavishly on my life and yours and so when we see challenging people frustrations evil in this world would we respond to the evil of this world the same way that Jesus responded to the evil in my life and the way that he responds to the evil in your life not allowing evil to conquer us or to rule us but that we would conquer evil by doing good you know tonight We have Pastor Jason Weening joining us, and we wanna talk about this principle of non-resistance. It's kind of this new uh, principle, at least in my life, to be thinking about, and the idea is, hey, that we can overcome the evil and the injustice of this world with radical acts of love, kindness, and intentionality, because that's what Jesus did for you and I, and so I'm really excited to share that conversation with you. Why don't you check it out right now, my conversation with Jason (laughs) Weening. Well, everybody, welcome to another interview. Today we have Pastor, Bishop, highest holy man, uh, Jason Weining with us. Jason is our pastor of operations at Mapleview. And I want to have Jason on because, you know, I wish I had a microphone for a lot of the conversations that we have around the offices here at Mapleview because uh, between myself, uh, Josh, Pastor Craig, and Jason, I feel like there are some good or just interesting conversations that we always want to repackage or maybe put back out there. And a few weeks ago, uh, this idea of non-resistance, something that I had not necessarily ever heard talked about in that way. Uh, Jason was reading a book, learning a little bit more about it, and I thought it was really interesting. So this might be a little bit different of an interview where we're just two people who are interested in the idea and captivated by the thoughts. We're not necessarily experts. And so if we get it wrong, Josh Cannell, when you're watching this back and telling us all the things we got wrong, you know, we're students, Josh, okay? A little bit of grace for the students. Uh, but Jason, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself? Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, they don't quite know you.
4: Sure, hey everyone. Uh, I know a bunch of you of the TYL crew and our, our future leaders and all that spiel, but uh, hey, um, I've been on staff at Mapleview here for uh almost three years now, and uh, I've got a bunch of kids nine to be exact and I'm uh, love being a dad and I'm trying to encourage other dads as much as I can to be intentional about being parents and fathers. And I think that's so important in our society today. Family is just a, a bedrock, I believe of, of society. And when families hurt, society hurts and people hurt and children hurt and it breaks my heart. So, yeah. So I got a heart for dads and, and families and, and learning and growing. I'm reading a lot. And so, Passivism and non-resistance in the last. Well, we're March here, so in the last two months since Christmas, Ali got me a bunch of books that I uh, saw in a catalog, and so I've been reading up on a lot of this is Mennonite stuff. So we'll get into some of yeah. that. Yeah, so
0: it's great conversation and even better jam. It's unreal. It's gonna be great. I always say Jason's lifelong learner, and I feel like that's the posture we should take throughout most of our life, and even especially when it comes to our faith and navigating. relationship with jesus to be able to have our minds renewed not just by the spirit but also our understanding through the power of the spirit so uh jason let's why you start us off what what is help us understand this principle of non-resistance what is it where does it stem from what does it look like what is non-resistance
4: you hear pacifism you hear non-resistance and it's like okay are those the same thing i if you'd asked me two months ago i would have said those are the same thing uh but they're not so You know, the simplest way that I can put it uh, is passivism is like you think of the story of Jesus in the boat when there was a storm and Jesus had peace in the storm. And so passivism is like fighting against war. And when war stops and there's peace, you know, then we have achieved our goal. Uh, There's peace only when there's peace. But non-resistance is still having peace even in the midst of the storm. So as followers of Jesus, even in the storm, we have the peace and, and non-resistance is about not resisting the evil, but actively loving your enemy, which is countercultural, which is counter to what my gut wants to do to fight for justice and stuff like that. So uh, that's just how I keep thinking about it in my mind. Pacifism says there's peace when there's peace. Non-resistance says I still have peace even in the midst of the storm.
0: Yeah, it's funny you say the that inclination and that driving us to want to fight. And I actually don't think that's the issue. I think that's a good thing. I think there's, there's something about us about injustice and things that grieve the heart of God that move us. You know, there's, there's a difference between being moved and feeling this desire to need to fight. And I think non-resistance helps draws that line between what is a fight and what is being moved in our hearts and our lives to want to do something about the injustice and the evil that we see and you know if you're anything like myself or you get cut off on the highway or any any sort of slight maybe small personal injustices in moments you know our human condition always leans a little stronger towards uh what i would call a justified response like an eye for an eye in exodus it says in the the law given uh sometimes can be a justified response to why we're going to get even scripturally Uh, what is it about us that leans more towards a justified response than maybe a compassionate response, the way that Jesus would say, no, 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 let's choose to overcome evil with good, kind of like you're talking about here, well, exactly what you're talking about here with this non-resistance. Instead of getting even, it's, no, I'm going to fight almost in love for my enemy.
4: Yeah, and it's uh, another way that I heard it explained was like, it is loving your enemy. And I'll tell you a story in a minute that really makes, it's a great example of this, but I think of the good Samaritan who went out of the way to pay, to bandage the wounds, then to pay for the hotel stay. That is an example of non-resistance versus pacifism would be more like lying down in the street so that the politicians can't get to their office or something. You're still creating some sort of a an inconvenience to try and persuade someone it's not loving and it's not active, it's passive. Um, But so here, I'll just share that little story. I know you, we touched on this before. So uh, one of these books I was reading uh, talks about um, a pastor, Peter, and I think he was in Switzerland, if I'm not mistaken. And this is in like the 1700s and uh, he is lying in bed at night in an old, like thatched roof house, which you may have seen if you've ever, seen old european style you know books or drawings or paintings anyways thatched roof. so pastor peter's lying in bed at night he hears something's going on on the roof and he's like what's going on up there and so he goes outside first of all he was not liked in his town he was a preacher he was sharing the gospel and so he knew he already knew he had enemies in town so he opens his door looks out on the roof sees these guys these young vandals tearing the thatch off his roof and throwing it down. And um, he thinks about this and understands what they're doing. And he doesn't yell at them. He doesn't throw stones at them. He doesn't say, get off my grass. You kids. (laughs) He goes inside and he wakes his wife up and he says, honey, there's workers on the roof and can you just get up and prepare a meal for them? And She's a little bit confused about that, but she does do that. She cooks, gets a fire started, makes a meal for these workers. And then Peter, Pastor Peter, goes out and calls the men down and says, hey, guys, we've prepared a meal for you. We'd like you to come into our house and share a meal with us. And these guys are totally shocked. They, totally. they come down into the house and they sit down at the table, but they don't even eat. They are just sitting there. And they won't eat. And you can imagine the awkwardness (laughs) around that table, right? Like, are you kidding me? This is what's happening? And then they don't eat, but they slowly leave and then go back up onto the roof and then start repairing the holes and the damage that they've done on his roof. And they fix his roof and then go away. And that story, like when I read that, man, it just is. It fights everything in me. Like.
0: Totally. Yeah. That was that was really the one of the first uh, instances and stories that we you had talked about in your office with me about like an example. And I I'm a story guy. Like I want to see the narrative. I want to understand the picture. Uh, it's good to understand it, but I want to be able to visualize it. I think that's a great picture uh, for what and how and the purpose of when we're talking about this non resistance principle of not just loving your neighbor by being nice to them. Uh, but this overcoming evil and injustices and things that grieve the heart of God with intentional acts of love, kindness, and things that are counter to evil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not just about resisting evil. It's not just about like you're saying, pacifism blocking away for evil to get through, but it's about actively. Maybe we are fighting back, but our fight is through intentional love and care and demonstrations of the power of the gospel in our own life. That's why I love that story. Like, it, it catch me on a bad day, even probably on a good day. I probably would have handled that situation differently. and yet, yes, you see how like uh, the the content and the character of his life because of the gospel moved him to do something differently and fight that battle in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that's where I really feel like as a society we are at and I think there are people that rightfully so, you know it can feel like, um, whether they're, whether it's faith-based or their local businesses are under um, attack with these, they feel like it's under attack with these shutdowns or just personal freedoms maybe feel like they're being taken away. Uh, how, how do we respond to that? And that's where I found this conversation around non-resistance so timely because it's really about how believers, we are going to choose to respond. And I love that. I think one of the benefits is in today's culture, there seems to be a rise in understanding of justice and human rights, you know, uh, and and dignity for people. It's at the forefront of people's minds, I think, more than maybe it has been in previous generations. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, there there seems like there's these cultural, I would say, growing pains in how it's demonstrated, how it's realized, what's the best practice, what's too far, what's not far enough. And I think this principle that you're sharing uh, it helps us help set up believers to really display the gospel in a really interesting way in a world that desires justice. And so what are some ways that uh, how this could be a big step forward for believers in how we choose to demonstrate this justice? It feels like the the Western church and the Western culture is longing for.
4: Well, I think uh, like you said, there's these protests that could be, we could be going to fight these issues and things like that. And well, you said at the beginning, I, I'm not sure where I land exactly on all of this and, yeah. and I am trying to sort this out too. So this is literally just a dialogue of ideas here. And, um, so all that to say, okay, we can fight for things that are, are unjust and, and things like that. And I've been part of organizations and groups involving sex trafficking and things like that, where we're trying to help bring awareness and raise, uh, fight that injustice, but also Like Jesus was the ultimate, was ultimately unjusted, unjustified. Like what happened with Jesus and he stood there silently before Pilate. was the ultimate, the perfect man was crucified. And that was the ultimate injustice that, that could have happened. And he stood there and didn't say anything there. Um, And it was because of his love for us and his love for mankind. And it goes back to the whole idea of love, which in in Matthew 5, and I think it's 38 to 48, is kind of the section that talks about loving your enemy and stuff like that. And the fruit of the spirit, well, what's the first fruit of the spirit? You all know the list. The first fruit of the spirit is love. And until I started reading some of this curriculum or some of these books about love and non-resistance, You know, i would had these ideas of love, like, okay, I love my wife. I love my kids. But loving your enemy, I think we need the Holy Spirit to love our enemies because our flesh does not want to do it. And now I'm beginning to see how that is a fruit of the Spirit. When our love is overcoming our sense of indignity or of, of something being unjust, that is where I can see that is like a Holy Spirit kind of love. That is not logical. It is not... Doesn't make sense. It's the opposite of everything screaming inside of me of what should be done, Um, but it's love. That's the key word. And Jesus said, "Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength." Like these are that's what separates, I believe, Christianity from a lot of other religions is our love for our enemies. And looking historically, even in the Roman times and as Christians were being martyred, they were, Jesus was praying on the cross, forgive, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they do. And it was the love of the Christians that was influencing their society, even to the death and in stories about martyrs and. Yeah. People
0: who actually lived this instead of just kind of talked about it. Yeah. You know,
4: Romans 12, 19, it
0: says, I'm going to read it here just so I don't mess up. It says, dear friends, it says, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if, you're hung- if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame over their heads. And you know, I feel like in this conversation, it can begin to feel like, uh, not like a wet blanket or like we're, we're just gonna love our way out of it. But I think there is, an empowerment that comes to choosing to love people the best we can in knowing that, you know, we don't love, de- um, defenseless. We love fortified, uh, that God
4: is well, it's uh, a love out of strength. It's not totally. a love out of weakness.
0: Exactly. And, and I think the real strength in the life of a believer and the, the thing that takes a lot of effort and intentionality is not falling to our own vices and fleshly response. And that's what I see in this is what overcome evil with good is to almost say, and and really is to say, don't allow yourself to be conquered by the evil that you're facing by meeting it at that level, overcome. And I, and I think that's the challenge I see here with non-resistance is, yeah, we're going to fight back. It's not from a weak position. And I like that distinction you make between pacified and uh, non-resistance. Like, yeah. like right now, Isla is four days old, and there are moments I want to pacify the issue, like quite clearly. And this is not just stopping it, it's actually actively fighting against it. And I think that's the difference sometimes in why we, I I like it that way, because it kind of leaves the responsibility still on us to do something about it. And it asks me big questions of, hey, in our culture and society, what is non-resistance when it comes to how we respond to COVID-19 or how we respond to these lockdowns? You know, what is overcoming what people see as frustrations and dis- disappointments and, and things that are graining on us as believers? Okay, what is the response that is the non-resistance response to overcome with good? You know, I'm, I'm inspired by that and challenged by that personally at least to go, you know, it's my responsibility to push back evil with good and trust that as I do it, Jesus is pushing the ball down the field, so to speak, um. Yeah. It's it's incredibly challenging, and why don't you tell everybody what you're talking about with your neighbor in terms of like these little tiny steps? I For that sure. Was amazing.
4: Well, that's what I think it is. I think it's we're talking about. You know, there are these big picture issues and political things and cultural trends and big uh, government programs and policies, and there needs to be change in some of those areas as well. But I think we need to hone it down a little bit. And focus on like literally love your neighbor as yourself and so what how i've been challenged by that is like okay literally i have two uh elderly couples that live across the road from us and it's like okay well how do i show them love they've they're cancer survivors and so they're very uh they want to stay safe and everything like that i'm like okay well how do i show them love practically And it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to, they're not going to come over to my house for dinner. They're not going to invite me to their house for dinner. Um, And so literally last week, okay, big snowstorm. So I went over there with some of my kids and we snow blow their driveway. Uh, We've got chickens at home. So I'll go there now and then and bring them a dozen eggs or something like that. Um, But like small personal acts of kindness Um, and being, I think not just physical acts like that, um, we just had a baby, uh, baby Mabel. She's about, a, she's a month old today, actually. Look and, at us um, new dads. Well, we, we just, just got us a, young guys. They're us, together, <laughs> all of us young guys. I know. <laughs> um. Anyway, so the midwife came to visit us the other day. And w- when we were at the hospital, she mentioned something about being terrified about her job or whatever. They have to be very uh, safe with all their, their procedures and what they're doing and wearing masks and covers and all that stuff anyways she used the word terrified and i just it stuck out to me and we've had a couple visits with her since then and i've always kind of had i believe a nudge from the holy spirit like hey what is what was that all about so on um, sunday or whatever she was at our house and i was like hey you mentioned that the hospital that you were terrified like that's a strong word were you terrified about getting covid or are you terrified about your job and and so we talked about that a little bit and i said you know uh, you know where we're followers of Jesus. That's no surprise to her. I said, can I just pray with you for a minute while you're here? I know you got another appointment and just pray for peace for you, whatever, if you're having fear and worry. And again, so it's a one-on-one interaction and I had kind of honestly put it off three or four times and, but had that little tug on my heart. And Mm -hmm. so I just spent a minute there, prayed with her and there were three or four of my kids there too. So, uh, trying to show my kids too, like, Hey, take opportunities to witness to someone. Um, but anyway, so I just prayed with her that God have peace and she was crying when it was done. And just, again, it's not the big thing. We're not going to have a, a protest down at City Hall. It's just me talking to her, going to snowblow the neighbor's driveway. I know you guys wrote car, uh, letters for Roberta Place there a few weeks ago. You know, small, small, little individual acts of love, I think, hopefully will produce great rewards.
0: Yeah, and I think of it kind of in two streams of, one is that as we actively and proactively create those little moments, we A, we create a track record as believers of people that, despite maybe some misunderstandings we have with people who don't share our beliefs, they can see the evidence of our life of a track record of, yeah, you know what, I'm going to shovel your driveway, I'm going to get you egg. all those little things. Yeah. Because one thing just to d- establish a track record of legitimacy that, hey, we're not just talk, we are people of action. And second of all, Uh, it becomes so ingrained with us that when we come up against people who are vitriol about it, you know, like they're maybe mean spirited and they don't have our best interest at heart. Like the scripture talks about our enemy, someone in our opposition to us that our natural inclination becomes love and choosing to love them. And you and Jason small saying again, like good and similar in terms of like, you know, it's going to become a practice and it needs to be something that's consistent so that when the moment comes that we can display a non-resistant attitude in terms of not meeting evil with evil, not even worried about what's being fair. Right. Giving up, Scott, doesn't have to be fair to you uh, because I'm called to more than fair. You know, if if God gave me what was fair, you know, it would not necessarily be the greatest thing for me to receive. And so in the same way, I'm going to be an extension of the undeserved grace that I have been shown. And I think one of the things for us as believers is our entire business, if you will, not that people like calling it a business, but our entire uh, worldview is based on receiving a grace that was not fair and not earned and not deserved, and yet it was freely given. And when I see this non-resistant attitude, And kind of doing away with an eye for an eye it's really embodying and emulating i don't need to get what's fair i want to give what's above and beyond fair uh whether they're my friend whether they're my enemy i want to embody this love above and beyond that forever and ever and ever and ever and ever which i think is great and i think it's timely because it can be easy and easy uh, easy and easier especially with things like lockdowns to succumb to are maybe not always spirit led attitude.
4: Well, and it's not fair and I think it's a sacrifice too. And it's little sacrifices like I think Jason Small told the story of pulling someone out of the ditch or something like that or, or okay, I'm done my snow blowing my lot, my driveway, now I'll go snow blow their driveway. Like we're called to be and it you I think you touched on in that Romans verse 12 verse 1 it says we need to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. <laughs> Like Mm -hmm. it's about sacrifice, loving to our own hurt. And it's again, it's the opposite of what the world would want us to do to fight fire with fire. Yeah. It's to it's to love and it's a a logic. It's not it's not logical according to earthly logic. It's it's foolishness to the world, but it's heavenly kingdom logic. Logic isn't even the right word, but it's thinking on a different a different way of thinking. (laughs) And we need the Holy Spirit. It's not just our own physical mind isn't going to get us there. That's why it's a fruit of the Spirit, love.
0: Well, I always think it's funny in this season when people like to talk about, well, we're standing up for our religious freedom, and I'm like, well, you are now religiously free to die to yourself and your own selfish selfish ambitions. I think that's just, you know, I've caught myself on that a few times, so like, okay, well, I am free to be a slave to love and the fruit of the spirit of my life. Well done, Scott. You've really put yourself in a great yeah. position now. <laughs> uh, you know, Jason, as we go tonight, what is, if Jason's lifelong learner, I'm sure since, you know, you're still a new dad, so you're really in the same boat as all these young adult guys. You're still one of those young guys. But if you could speak to your younger self, uh, what is something that you would want your younger self to know at this stage of life that you find yourself in, nine kids later, uh, probably 50,000 books later uh, farther along down the road what would you say to your younger self
4: I would say keep your mouth shut
0: <laughs> Wait, Are you talking to say. me now
4: or are you talking I'm to I'm you- talking <laughs> to my younger self I've I've made a, lots of apology phone calls where to brothers-in-laws and cousins and and people like and I would just I've become I think Jay said it in church a few weeks ago. A wise man once said, "Nothing." Yeah, uh, I heard someone else say, "Unless you can improve on the silence, don't break it." And Mm, uh, that's so. I my advice would would have been, "Hey, twenty year old Jason or twenty five year old Jason, just
0: well not said." Perfect. Well, thanks Jason for joining us. Uh, so glad to have you with us guys. Check out Jason's Instagram. He, he's talking about his passion for dads. It's all over his social media. Some of my favorite videos to watch is when Jason's doing something with his kids, trying to encourage other dads. You will hear the phrase, Hey dads, more than you ever even thought possible. You got to check it out. You can check him out at Jason weaning, Jay Weening, Jason Weening.
4: I think it's Jay Weening on Instagram and Jason ah,
0: look at him, go follow him. And uh, there might be a podcast of his coming out seen A little uh, plug of some potential there, but uh, thanks so much for joining us today, Jason and everybody else back to the cast. Thanks Scott. Well, big, huge, thank you to Jason Weening for joining us. Uh, for the Young life podcast. Always glad to have him on. I always say, and I've said this probably a few times by now, Jason is a lifelong learner a great posture for us to have. Um, I'm always challenged. I think I love about Jason is that he will, he believes big and wants to know the most true thing, but he's also not afraid to admit when he's wrong or change his mind. And that's put a a good challenge in my life. I'd say if, okay, like reserve the right to change your mind. If, uh, something becomes illuminated in you to not be so prideful to just hold to yourself. So I just love a chance to sit down, talk with Jason and shoot the breeze and go back and forth about all sorts of stuff. He's amazing. Uh, We're going to stick online obviously until further notice. Uh, And, you know, just check with our social and keep track as we kind of keep going to see what the news is with young life. And uh, I was talking with the cast earlier Uh, a bit about you know sometimes our conversation around lockdowns and all this kind of stuff it can be frustrating so I want to talk Mm -hmm. about making the most of it what's something awesome something positive something good that you tried that you love uh since the beginning of lockdown what's something new that you've done and maybe something else someone else can do you know I think a lot of the situation in season is just trying to make the most of a maybe not ideal situation so what's something you've tried or loved to do during lockdown the last little bit
2: I started an Audible subscription. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, started my first book, and uh, it's yeah, it's a worthy investment for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. Weird fun fact. I had an Audible subscription. In fact, I still have an Audible subscription, and I forgot that I had it for a year and a half. So I got a Ooh. year and a half's worth of books that that's I need to buy. <laughs> that's awesome. But it is. It's totally awesome. If you're a, a runner or you're working from home and you like listening to books, that's a great one, Aiden. If really, you really yeah. awesome totally someone else what's someone else you guys have tried
3: uh i've started trying to read like more books um instead of just sitting in front of the tv watching it all day uh so that's probably that's what i've been trying to get into the habit of doing
0: yeah that's awesome
1: elliot what about you yeah no for me it's been it's my mic not working again
0: no you're okay i bet
1: (laughs) uh it's been running i i said it in multiple episodes prior to it's just been running i mean the weather has i mean these past couple days have not been really permitting but um yeah whether that's on my treadmill in my basement or outside it's just i think just getting outside of being inside is is something that i think a lot of people need to do because it gets boring
0: totally (laughs) so i
1: i think that just changing your scenery even for like (laughs) 20 minutes will make all the difference
0: yeah and and try to reframe our perspective a little bit and i i know right. it's it's challenging but like make the most of it one thing if you uh if you guys are if anybody listening is down you know some one thing we did start in covid with the boys is there's a group of guys from young life in a group chat who play call of duty together Yo. and guys or gals just throwing it out there it is the bomb shout out to you uh Snipeskills skills 33 nick burden up there also aiden the killer 22 kill game oh Chef's kiss. Anyway, <laughs> no one else, no one else cares. But, uh, you know, my point is this, like, try something new. Do you, If you want to connect, if you need to feel like you need to connect with people, do something new. Do something you haven't done before. I've never necessarily played Call of Duty with that many people that consistent. It's just, but it's good to connect and kind of get your mind off stuff. And try to make the most of a challenging situation. And you know, as we go tonight, maybe the best way or a, a, an easy one is this Sunday. Why don't you come for small group? It's maybe a new thing to start in in lockdown. A great chance. You can also play Call of Duty with us, but uh, you'll probably be more spiritually fed. Uh, maybe <laughs> joining sure. us for small group with Ben and Aiden or Jody Speck, her women's Bible study ladies get together. And as we go today, we want to know our question of the week: What is your favorite local spot? In Barry, a place that uh, you're gonna check out this week or the week after, we want to know. We'll give them a little bit of a shout out. Some of the local spots in Barry, whether it's a restaurant, it can be a business, anything you want. Uh, your favorite local spot in Barry that people should know about that they don't. Uh, you know w- what is the name of Jordan tc's mom's restaurant? Do you guys know? Urban Dish urban dish shout out to urban dish that's another one that i wanted to mention like that's a great spot as well check out urban dish if uh you need a little date night ben actually you should order the urban dish for the next date night you have with the lucky lady as you guys read an apologetics book together it's gonna be great (laughs) uh so urban dish it's gonna be (laughs) awesome make sure you check it out support local we can't wait to be back in person, but until then We're going to make the most of the situation we find ourselves in. And you know what? We'll catch you guys next week.